Hey guy. No, it's hi guy. We are talking about week three of the minors. Aaron and I are joined by Patrick Ernest, who's a board member. I'm a board member. And uh, that's not like grumbling. I'm grumbling. I'm grumbling. I'm sorry, I ruined your intro. You're fine. No, I'm using it. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you share about yourself for those who don't know you? Uh, been married to my wife Donna for 15 years now. Uh, been a member of Element. Well, almost from the beginning. It was the first. Can you Easter. tell you that story of of because I love this story. <laughs> So uh, element starts and this guy's like ah good for them I'm never <laughs> I'm never gonna touch foot in there that wasn't the case I, I oh yeah. that wasn't the case <laughs> no 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 I, I, well it wasn't I, I mean I told Marianne if you ever start something call me I'd love to help mm. right and so it's your first Easter Sunday and you ask us to Good Friday Good yeah, Friday Good Friday. Good Friday. Yeah. Yeah, asked me to stop by and help out with a skit. It was, it was a funeral. It was a funeral for Jesus. Yeah. That's right. And so Don and I are down in Santa Barbara doing something else. And we're trying to get back, and we're stuck in traffic. And they were doing road work on the 101. And I remember she's on the phone with you back and forth. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Are you going to make it in time? And sure enough, we get there just in time, and it was at E1, uh, when they still had the small offices in the back. Oh, yeah. And so Don and I walked in, and we s- step in the back. And my part is of a centurion who saw Jesus die and realized that he was a true God. Mm-hmm. And so as we sneak in the back, I'm wearing a black jacket and black pants, so nobody really sees me. And when it was my turn to come out, it was something to the effect that I know I shouldn't be here, but... And, and everyone's it, like, who's this guy yeah, that just I, showed up? Yeah. So the guy sitting next to me jumps out of a seat. And then I, I, I see somebody else like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. You can sit down. Like, <laughs> and then I have to follow through with the lines like, oh, he's part of the skit. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the best way when it like, works out. Oh, yeah, nobody had any clue what was going on. Yeah. yeah. And then so that was the the first time I came to Element, and then we came to Sunday service, and we've been a member ever since. Mm-hmm. Oh, because we invited you to do a skit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Excellent. Well, very cool. So, Aaron, would you mind giving a recap? Today we come to Haggai in the uh, Old Testament prophet, minor prophet, and he is one of the last three prophets that really come to Israel. Israel has returned from their captivity in Babylon, and they are supposed to be rebuilding their temple. And as they go to rebuild their temple, they get an altar, they get a foundation, and they just give up, and they start to go build their own houses. And what he does when he speaks to them is, is say, what are your priorities? Where does your faith actually lie? And he says in 38 verses, four times he will say, consider your ways. Consider why you do what you do. You are making really nice things for your own houses, and yet the house of God still lies in ruins. Why is that? And this is twenty, almost 20 years since the Israelites have returned and started to rebuild their temple. After he prophesies and speaks the things that he does, Israel really takes it to heart, and within four years, they rebuild that temple. But his words are good for all of us, because we need to consider our ways. What are our priorities? Is our priority ourself, or is it God's glory and what he is doing in our lives? And that's essentially what the book centers around. So you mentioned Patrick in the middle of your message, wanting to bring him up. Why, why did you want to bring him up? Because Patrick is somebody who tends to give and 
we've talked about this multiple times now that you're someone who's who's always like man I was like I, I can't give I got too many things going on but I'm gonna do it anyway and you say every time you do God comes through not that you give to get but you're always talking about how God just is so faithful when you decide to be generous like he called you to typically yeah and usually it's when I really don't want to you know, when, I, when I'm thinking that I don't have enough time or enough means to do it, and then I follow through, and then blessings do come. I mean, not not automatically, but they do come. You don't go home and there's not a check in your mailbox for, like, what you just gave. <laughs> it's happened once, but not, not every time. <laughs> so it has happened. It, it can happen, but it, has, it doesn't happen all the time. So uh, g- give me an example, like, one of the, one of the most amazing times that, that kind of happened where you're like, man, I, I just... I don't feel like I can give, and I'm going to give anyway because I know God calls me to, and then you do, and then God just does some amazing thing on the backside. It's when I first started giving. It's, it's you know, it goes many, many years ago. It, came to, it was a Larry Burkett. He had a one-page flyer. said, when in debt, start giving. And I... Like not on your credit card giving, but... No, just <laughs> start giving when you're in debt. And I'm like, yeah, right. How, <laughs> you don't give when you're in debt. I can't, I can't even afford to pay for lunch today, much less give. And I just felt convicted that after I read it, you know, it, it talked a little bit about in Malachi where it says, you know, test me is the only place in the Bible mm-hmm. where God says test me. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't much. I think it was like probably $20 a week or something like that. I just didn't have it. And where I really saw the blessing was at the end of the year. I saw what I had actually earned versus what I actually had given. And that in the in-between times weren't nearly as difficult as it had been. Mm-hmm. So at that point, then I said, okay, this is working. And so then slowly but steadily started increasing that over time. So, Do you think sometimes that's also a different perspective as well? Because sometimes when we decide to give, we think, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to give up something else over here. If I'm going to put God first, then I'm going to give up a little bit of me over here. And maybe we start to spend less in other places because we are centered more upon who he is. I think that's part of it. I really do. But I also... Uh, okay I know who I, with me. I know, I know, no, no. I know who I am. I mean, sometimes I'm like, well, why should I give that away? I, mm-hmm. I can keep it in my pocket, or I, I want to be in c- control of everything. Realistically, God's in control of the whole situation. But you know, it is interesting that, that I mean, because yes, I, you know, you, we all like to be in control of things, but you are someone who tends to give a lot from the outside looking in. You, you tend to look at people who have needs or things, and you, and you tend to notice those things, and you tend to want to give, which is... Kind of cool. Was there something that kind of brought that about for you that made you begin to see things that way? I think it was learned. I think it was learned along the path of when I started giving in the beginning and then found other means. And then as I gave and as my financial situation became better, not necessarily from giving, but as my financial situation became better and better and going through difficult times uh, and kind of being a transplant on the Central Coast. I didn't have family, so we were by ourselves, or I was by myself. And really nobody there to fall back on. And so it, I just felt that it's kind of like that. There, there was a movie, Pay It Forward. But mm-hmm. I just enjoy giving. I just enjoy helping people, you know. And I don't think people want a handout. I think they just want a hand up every now and then. You know, just, just a little bit of help. So, Did you ever have a time where somebody helped you? Maybe you, you weren't looking for it or even wanting it, but someone helped? 
Yeah, uh, you know, it, it it wasn't asked, but uh, you know, I had a friend of mine that, you know, sent me, you know, some money when I was going through a difficult time, and I, I didn't, I never asked for it, but it was just something that was sent in the mail. I was mm-hmm. here, maybe this will get you by, and that was a learning process too, to be humble, to learn how to be humble, and realize God's in control of all of it. He's in control of all. Of it. We say it's our money, it's not. We can't take it with us. It's His money. Well, and I think that kind of leads. So the question you have in the in the handout. Um, is consider your ways in terms of your faith and priorities. What do they reveal as the center of your worship? It's, it's I give my first and my best to God, which, which for me is a minimum 10%. And then I am also looking for other ways to give as well. I, I had a friend that I knew was kind of struggling, and so I sent him a few hundred bucks over Venmo and just out of the blue, and he and sends a thing back that says, Oh, when do I got to pay you back for this? And I'm like, you don't have to pay me back exactly. for this. This is, I, I felt God was calling me to do this thing. And so, and so I did it. And then I gave some money to somebody else. Like I, like government stimulus comes and I just, I gave it away because yeah, I, I didn't keep it because it's, you know, one, I'm, I'm on a budget and our budget works out a certain way. So I'm okay without it. And then, and then, so I get this surplus. And so first off, I give to God off of the first fruits of it. But then it's like, where can I bless and help other people with it? And then I do that, trusting God in what we do. Yeah. And then, then I have to catch myself when I'm not trusting. Mm-hmm. I have to catch myself when I start worrying. So you got to consider your ways. Exactly. You know, I'll sit there and I'll start worrying yeah. about something and ruin a weekend. And it's like, no, just sit back and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think when you get to a place where you're not just spending everything on yourself and you're looking for ways to be hospitable and always be inviting people in. I mean, it's that's form of worship. I mean, it's what God called his people to for all those feast days every year. It's like, bring everybody together and have a feast. And you guys don't know how to have a party. So give me the money and I'm going to have my, my priest put this together. And you're going to have, I'm going to make these festival days for all of you because we, we don't do it well. We And so God's like, I'll do it well. I'll tell you what to do. I think today there's a lot of people in churches who would be highly offended at how God would God has people eat and drink and be merry for like a week long. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, what will we do with that? As long as it's centered on Him, right? right. I mean, and so right. I mean, because there's that could go. Well, yes, it can. But but you would, I think God does it because He wants His people to have this joy and be thinking the entire time. This is what our God has brought. Mm-hmm. Our God has brought us to a place to celebrate and have joy with one another and get to know each other. Man, God is good. And sometimes when people think, you know, worship is just this quiet solitude which it can be it's singing these songs which it can be but it is it's also that gathering and joy that comes from fellowship with other people so i mean ultimately it's a response a response of who god is and what he has done right and so you can celebrate that in in celebration with others you you do it with money like you see that's not it's not my it's not my money it's god's money that that he's uh imparted with me and and kind of time and and investing with others you know opening your home like hospitality is a huge heart of part of god's heart and and i think the more we become like them and we we imitate him uh hopefully the more worshipful we are because it's who he is and what he calls us to that was really donna's doing i mean she's she truly does have a heart to for the hospitality Sometimes, you know, you were talking a couple weeks about the grumbling under your breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was me quite a bit. It's like, sure, fine. <laughs> 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 
But then, you know, when you can step back and people are having a grand time and having a really good time, and then uh, they may be looking forward to it again. If it draws people back to say, man, this, this was great. Look how God has drawn us together. That's, that's, that's worship. That's, that's an intent for us to see the goodness of God in the things that He places into our hands and our lives. Consider your ways in terms of your faith and your priorities. What do they reveal at the center of your worship? Are we prioritizing what God is calling us to, or are we prioritizing ourselves first? Which one is it? And that's why we're to consider, I think, our ways, how we live, what we do, and come back to a place where we stop focusing and making everything about ourselves and begin to put it back towards who He is, because then that will then lead into worship and the proper things in our lives. So if someone has has done that and they see an area where they they could use growth, what how do you what would you how would you encourage them to uh, turn and and to try to give a first fruits and whatever that area is? I really believe some people don't understand the whole idea of tithing mm-hmm. um, or a tenth or a tithe or whatever that breaks down into being a, a tithe was a tenth in the Bible or giving. <laughs> And it's hard. I mean, it really is hard. When I first started giving, it was really hard. You know, when I met Donna, I told her what I was doing, and she just kind of looked at me like, you're you're insane. And now I explained to her some of my uh, experiences with tithing, and she didn't have a whole lot of money in her checking account, and she went home and she wrote a check for $50. Like, okay, we're going to trust you. I know there's other people, you know, who, who give and... They don't see that, you know. That that's you know you don't give to get. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. But it's a it's a heart issue of generosity, and I think that what you said is true. It's you share your personal story, but it always works out. It all, it always works out, and that's the thing that that astonishes me every time. It always works out, even in the bleakest of times. I mean, I remember when we bought the house that we're in today. Things that was two thousand eight. Things were really tough, and my income was really low, and Donna wasn't doing so hot, and. And uh, somehow we managed through. So this week, we encourage you to try to find ways to give of your first fruits, uh, whether it is financially tithing, uh, giving, or whether it is having somebody who needs just a pick-me-up, uh, invite them over to your home, show them hospitality, feed them, uh, meet some of their basic needs. And as you're reflecting, stop and consider your ways and your priorities and where they have been and what God might be calling you to shift and how... Uh, you can begin to live a little bit more in faith uh, in what God has entrusted you. Uh, with that, we'll see you next week. Okay. Could use a little bit more emotion, though. Hey, guy! Vein popped out of here. Kind of scary. Don't get angry. Consider your ways.